time. And as I was writing a message yesterday, and I spent some time in prayer, the Lord urged me to pick up the phone and call him, just to talk to him. And as we were talking, I could feel that he had some genuine concerns about his health. And God gave me this portion of scripture just to give to him. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And as I read that over and over and over again to myself after we hung up the phone, I began to really dig into this small passage of scripture. Because I believe that it's a great passage of scripture for troubled people. <clears throat> because what does this verse actually tell us? This verse tells us that you're in this verse. Because he says, cast all your care upon him. Your cares are in that verse. But the most important thing is, Jesus is in that verse. For he careth for you. But what are the cares of troubled people? What makes people afraid to face life? And as I begin to ask myself this question, I begin to ask myself, what makes people afraid of life? Why have, why have I talked to people this week who are overly concerned and afraid of where our society is heading, where, where the world is heading. <coughs> and I thought of six things that I want to share with you this morning. Fears concerning those we love. I love all of you. I love each and every one of you. With, with the love that God has placed in my heart. Loving parents, their priority are their children. They check on their babies at night to make sure they're still breathing. Some parents waiting outside of intensive care units because their children are, are burdened like sick beyond measure. These things cause a parent extreme, it cause them extreme anxiety. Even those who lay claim to be Christian. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you don't have a heart. It doesn't mean that you don't care. It doesn't mean that you don't feel. I've had people coming, well, I'm not, I know you went and you prayed for this one or that one in the intensive care unit, you know. It, you must have a, a strong heart. You must, it must not bother you that you can go in and pray for a sick person and, and you come out and you're, you don't seem so shook up. I said, because I have to pray long before I ever go in there. I have to prepare my heart for what I'm going to see. 
And I have to be emotionally strong with the, the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ to be able to, to, to go to battle for this one who is facing a life and death situation. Who you don't know what's going to happen. And you need to be strong for the family and to help them to lean upon the Lord for understanding and help. Does that mean I don't care? Of course not. I've gone into rooms and prayed for people I've never met before in my life. Seeing them on a ventilator or laying lifeless breaks my heart. Makes it hard to see them in this condition because you don't know where they are spiritually. Fears about husbands and wives. We talked about this this week. Perhaps you fear the loss of his or her love. Because the wife wants to do everything perfect to make her husband happy. The husband wants to do everything perfect to make his wife happy. Well, let me just tell you, you're not perfect. Your relationship has to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ first and foremost. Before you can ever try to develop any kind of a relationship for husband and wife. Worry about the loss of a job, which brings on financial stress and pressure. Some of us have been there. We know what that's like. I've seen young people, and I see young people today, young married couples who have dug holes that they thought they were going to be able to get out of, and then all of a sudden things didn't get better, they got worse, and then they start to lean upon their parents for help. Parents who are perhaps retired or preparing to retire. But because of the parents' love for their children, what do they do? They continually help. And then it causes the parents a little anxiety. Worried about when are their children going to learn? <laughs> you ever been down that road? Maybe it's not your children. Maybe it's your grandchildren. Perhaps your great-grandchildren. I don't know. I have nieces and nephews that I worry about. Virginia can tell you. I worry, how are they going to make it? Why aren't they leaning upon the Lord? Why aren't they asking God for strength and help in their most desperate time of need? Right. <clears throat> we as believers, I don't know about you, but when I find myself in a time of need or a time of stress, I immediately go to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I ask the Lord to help me. Mm -hmm. Not just to deal with situations, but to help me as a person understand that I can be able to help them understand. Amen. When I counsel with people on the phone, because people don't, people that find themselves, they don't, they don't like to come together anymore. They, they want to do the Zoom or the phone call or, or other things because they're afraid of the COVID. 
Keep legacy in prayer, would you, this week? Dr. Donnelly and his wife have both come down with COVID. Their daughter and son-in-law and grandchildren have come down with COVID. Dr. Jeremiah and his wife have COVID. He said, I don't know where this came from. I'm thinking, oh, you got 120 kids in that school over there. And 120 parents at least you see every day. I don't know. <laughs> Concerns about our health and our mate. Will something happen to them and take them from me that we may not go to heaven together? I know my desire is, and I'm sure there are many in this room that probably could relate to the same thought. Is if, if I go to heaven, I want my mate to go with me, and let's go together. That's why I so diligently pray for the rapture every day, so that I know me and Virginia will go together. I don't have to worry about being on this earth without her. She doesn't have to worry about being on this earth without me. I know that sounds kind of greedy and unfair to some of you who have already have spouses in heaven. But you know what the assurance of all that tells me? That one day we're all going to be together, united again. Because that's what God's word tells us. Does the pain go away? No. Does the missing them go away? No. How can I say that? You know, I had I, I even talked to my wife about, I had numerous dreams last night. And where they came from, I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I didn't eat late. I didn't have pizza yesterday. I didn't have no Spanish food. Just a hamburger with tomato, french fry. That probably did it. I had dreams last night of my mom and having conversation with her. And in the midst of that conversation, Virginia's mom came into the car and to the into the room. And they were talking like I wasn't even there. And I'm like, hello, I'm over here. And they still kept talking and they couldn't hear me. And then I left that dream and I went to another dream and I was watching Rocky, our little dog that died, running through a field again oh. with other little dogs just like him. And they were running. And I was yelling at Rocky, over here. He didn't come. He just kept running with the other dogs. And then I went to another dream. I was opening Christmas cards. And every one of them were blank. <laughs> no writing inside, just a picture on the front. And I'm like, what is this all about? And I woke up. At least I thought I woke up. But when I woke up, I was laying in a hospital bed. Oh boy. I'm like, what am I doing here? What happened? And my wife, she 
so gently patted me on the head. She said, it's okay, it's all in your mind. I'm like, in my mind, I'm laying in a hospital bed. It's all in your mind. Then I remember waking up, I heard this noise beside me, going, the alarm woke me up. And I kept thinking, what is all this? What does all this mean? And I was asking God this morning, as I was driving to pick up the donuts and the bagels, what did all this mean? It allowed me to begin to focus on who we are as a body of Christ. What are we afraid of? What are we as Christ's children? What are we truly afraid of? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. That you fear most, they say, will come upon you. I don't know if that's true or not. Fears concerning our health. These bodies that we have bring us a lot of anxiety, doesn't it? When you wake up in the morning and your knees are hurting and your joints are hurting, your eyeballs are hurting, it brings you a lot of anxiety. But you know, the one thing I think we forget, church, is this. These bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made by the Lord Jesus, the creator of heaven and earth, created you in his likeness. So you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You're beautiful in his sight. You're one of his children. And let me just say, God don't make ugly things. Everything is beautiful. To some, contamination is a, consist a consistent fear. Especially in the day and age of COVID-19. Unusual feelings that people have. They look for, they're always looking for the danger sign. Somebody sneezes, somebody coughs. Oh, they, you got the COVID? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. it's true. Paranoia. Yeah. It's there and it's real. Yeah. Publicity concerning these signs. Every time I go into a place, it says, it's recommended that you wear a mask here. Some places just flat out say, do not enter if you don't have a mask. That's right. Yeah. Pollution because of technology that we have out there, it's unbelievable. Exposure to the internet and the media articles that we read that are blasted before us every day. What's true and what's not true. Yeah. What's real and what's not real. You see, God has given us a wonderful gift. Bible. He's given every one of you a wonderful gift. It's called discernment. God wants you to discern. He doesn't want you counting on people to tell you what's whatever. You have the ability to decipher what's real and what's not real. But see, we continually allow people to tell us what's real and what's not real. When God has given me the ability in this little mind up here, this little peanut noggin I got, he says, you can discern what's real and what's not real. You can discern what is from the Lord Jesus Christ and what's from hell. We have that ability. 
But do we use that ability? If you're not using that ability, I say you do have something to fear. You do have something to worry about. God doesn't want you doing these things. And then there's fears concerning financial security. The necessity of having money. Now, I'm going to be careful here. No, I'm not. I'm just going to tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you what the scripture says, period, okay? You have to have money to live. You don't pay your rent, you get kicked out. You don't pay your taxes, you get kicked out. Amen? Is that truth? That's truth. That's just how it is. You don't make your car payment, they come take your car. You know, whatever else you may have finance, you don't pay for it, guess what? They come get it. Yeah. That's real. As, as the guys at work say, that's fact. <laughs> I don't know why these young people get these things, but that's just how it is. That's the danger when money has us, there's a danger there. This is one of the most misquoted scriptures in all of scripture. Because people say, money is the root of all evil. That's, that's false. You see, because they always leave out two key words. The love of money. You see, the love of, they leave that out. See, it's the love of money that is the fear, that is the cause of, and the root of evil. It's the love of having it and keeping it. See, I always hear these guys that work out, oh, uh, preachers, they're, they're in trouble because they love money. They, they, you know, they have money, and because they, they have all that money, they're, they're in bad shape. It's the love of money. See, they, they don't understand. There are two things that you never have to worry about, and that's money and weather. You can't change the weather, it will change on its own. Those with money have more worries and depression than 80% of the people who don't have it. That's correct. And that's a fact. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the Barna study the other day about the financial security of America. And they, they were talking about in this Barna study about the number of wealthy people who are seriously concerned about losing their wealth. But if you don't have a lot of wealth, then guess what? You don't have to worry about losing it. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise God. You've been set free. <laughs> yeah. Amen? Yeah. You see, I think people who don't have have a great have have great wealth. Because we have learned to depend on Jesus. We have learned to trust on Jesus for our provision. Because he says in his words that he will provide for you. And you know, when you realize he will provide for you and you're not providing for yourself, you've learned to trust in him. Amen. The uselessness of Hoarding gold in the end times. You know, I've been thinking a lot about 
the economy and thinking, you know, maybe I should buy silver and gold. But you know, I got thinking, and this was in my dream last night, when I was locked in the room with mom and mom, I saw on my right and on my left were stacks of gold on one side and stacks of silver on the other. And I was like, wow, my parents are rich. But you know, in the end days, you can't even buy or sell anything, even with silver and gold. Unless you have the mark of the beast. You see, God knows what we're going to need to survive. God is not going to put you in a situation where you can't care for yourself. You see, then there's the fear of people. The fear of man, the fear of man brings a snare. Matter of fact, in Proverbs 29, 25, it says, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Who is your trust in? Is your trust in the government? Is your trust in your local officials? Maybe your trust is in your spouse. The Bible says, he who puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. You see, all of our trust should be in the Lord Jesus Christ. We should all be leaning upon him. Maybe you're the person speaking before a crowd. You see, and Moses identified with that in Exodus chapter 4. And Moses answered and said, But behold, thy will not they, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say that the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. You see, when we learn to allow the Lord to speak through us, People will know it's the Lord. I've always told you, be careful of those who go around and say, thus saith the Lord. That's when you need to use that discernment that God has given you. And Jeremiah's fear, in Jeremiah chapter 1, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou comest, Forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, A hey Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. You see, when the Lord commands us to go, he's going to give us the ability to speak for him. I remember my first when I, I let me back up. I remember when I talked about going into ministry and I told Virginia. You know the one thing that didn't cross my mind was that I was going to be speaking to people. <laughs> you see I wasn't a very 
bold person at that time. I was actually kind of shy. I didn't think much about speaking to people as a whole, as a group. See, I believe fear of public exposure holds people back. People don't want to speak to other people. They don't want to speak to a group of people. Maybe two or three, but outside of that, it's too many. Christian work is passed over because of the fear of people. You would be surprised to know that how many Christians who aren't willing to speak about Jesus because of the fear of rejection. They don't want to share Jesus with somebody they don't know. Sure, they'll speak to other Christians about Jesus. They'll be glad to talk about church with their friends and people that they know, that they know who are involved in a ministry or a church somewhere. But when we start thinking about people who aren't in the church, who aren't in the faith, who don't know Christ, we're very leery about talking to them about Jesus. For fear of rejection. Oh, it's one of those Jesus people. I don't tell people I'm a Jesus person. I tell them I'm a pew-hopping, whiplash Christian. <laughs> I want to get down when it comes to Jesus. I want, to, I want to be excited when I come to Jesus. I want people to know that I know this exciting Jesus who knows me and he's given me life. Yes. Amen. Has Jesus given you life? Amen. Oh, boy. Yes. Has Jesus given you life? Yes. yes. We'll try it one more time. We're getting there. Has Jesus given you life? Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. See, when Jesus gives you life, then you're happy. Yes. If you're happy and you know it. Amen. Oh, boy, we've got to try that one again. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it, say, Amen. There you go. See, now I know you're happy. You're getting there anyway. I see a few more smiles on faces. I'll bet if I said the pot roast is ready, all of y'all be up on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> you know then there's the fear of failure of success I'm willing to try new things for fear of disappointment there are a lot of young people in our society today who are willing to try new things because they're safe with the things that they know but you know what there are a lot of Christians who are willing to step up because they want to stay in their comfort little bubble that they have knowing Jesus. I'm old. I'm up there my age. You know, let me just stay in my safe little bubble. I'm, I'm good till Jesus comes. Don't, don't disappoint the Lord. Take the word. Go forth in victory. Go forth with boldness, proclaiming the Lord. Okay, let's try this again. I'm sorry for the interruptions this morning. <laughs> I'm trying to get them excited. Really, I am. I hope you're excited because we are excited that you're watching because Jesus knows who you are. And this morning, I'm telling you, we need to get bold about Jesus. Take your word and go into the streets. Go into the highways and and compel them. Give them the whole living word. 
Because Jesus paid a price for you. He didn't put you on a used car lot hoping somebody would come by and get you. No, he gave you a new body, a new life in him to go and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preach it now. That's what he wants us to do. Amen. Oh, no, Pastor, I know it's exciting words that you give me this one, but that bubble is really nice. My bubble is really good. Let me just keep my little bubble. Send somebody else. Let them go. I'm good right here. Not me. I asked the Lord, expand my territory. Give me more ears to speak to. Amen. Give me more hearts to challenge. Amen. Whosoever is not of the faith is in sin. See, much is lost because of sin. Lives are destroyed because of sin. But that's one word we don't want to talk in the church anymore. That's one word we don't want to talk to people who are out in society. We don't want to tell them that, look, I hate to break this team, but, you know, it's, it's, it's all in the word of God. You're a sinner. Ooh. How dare you tell me I'm a sinner. When I'm married, shacking up with Lucy. Ripping off the company. Deceiving other people out of their money. Don't tell me I'm a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Amen. You hear that? All. The scripture says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even the guy that's talking to you right now was in that same position once in his life. Yep. Yes. But because of the cross and what Jesus did, I could come to the saving grace of my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I could, I could get my life turned around, back on track. Woo! Come on! <laughs> Your goosebumps should have goosebumps right now. And I just think of the excitement that I have every time I get to proclaim to somebody about Jesus. Simply telling them, Jesus loves you. Did you know Jesus loves you? Yes. Come on. Do you know that Jesus loves you? Yes. yes. The Bible tells Absolutely. you so. Ha! <laughs> Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible. For the Bible tells me so. Amen. Woo! Thank you. We turn everything into a song. We got a camp meeting right now. <laughs> you know what happens at a camp meeting? They sing the hymns like nobody can. And they have food like nobody else has. It's a great time. Yeah. Some fear to succeed because they're not sure they can handle success. Let me tell you this. If you have Jesus ground in you, bound in you, 
living in you. He is going to help you to succeed in everything that you put your foot to as long as it's his will. You will not fail. Hmm. And the last point. It should only take us about 30 minutes. <laughs> because it's a biggie. The fear of death. Which involves the fear of eternity. What? Fear of eternity? I want you to follow me real close here. Some fears are very legitimate in our lives. Fear of spiders, snakes, bugs. And that's real. Ask my wife. There was a bug in our car and I was going 40 miles an hour. She opened the door to get out. I might have been going 45, I'm not sure. All that is she saw the bug and she was getting out. She didn't care that the car was moving. I'm trying to hold on to her. Hold on, let me pull over. She wanted out. Yes. It was a little bug. She couldn't just squish it with her foot. She wanted away. <laughs> Death comes to all, church. Yeah. Yes. Hebrews 9.27 reminds us of that. And it is appointed unto man once to die, but after that, judgment. So what does Amos 4.12 tell us? Amos 4.12 tells us this. Therefore, thus will I do unto thee, O Israel. And because I will do this unto thee, prepare to meet thy God. All of us should be prepared to meet God. That means all of us should have humbly come before the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's no way to God except through, the, except through Jesus. You can't get to God unless you go through Jesus. So all of us should have come to the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. All of us should have acknowledged that we were once sinners. And we have asked Jesus Christ to come into our heart and our life. And to forgive us of all, all that nasty sin. And to remove it from our heart. To make it white as snow. There are sensible survival practices that should be a part of your everyday life. And the first thing should be God's Word. It should be the first thing that you open to every day. Why? Because you're His. You're His. You belong to the Lord. You don't belong to self. You belong to Him. For He purchased you with a price. A great price. You know what cracks me up is sometimes I meet people who expect destruction continually. They live in a constant fear of attack. They live... They, they can't even think of riding in a plane. Flying in a plane, however you put it. They don't like riding long car rides. They don't want to get on a boat. Well, you get in a plane, you know, and the motors decide to shut off, you're in trouble. 
You get in a car, there's a fear of getting into a car accident. You get in a boat, it might have a hole and sink. All of these things can happen. But the greatest thing to know, church, is to die is gain. No, I'm not saying get in a plane, a car, a boat, and pray that you'll die. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is these are some legitimate fears that people have. But for the, for the born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, we don't fear these things. Why? Because we know to die is gain. But we don't look forward every morning when we wake up. Oh, I hope I die today. <laughs> Anybody do that this morning, by the way? Just want to ask. Nope. No. None of us did that. Mm. We might have woke up this morning and said, Lord Jesus, come quickly. I do that. But I don't do that knowing that I might go out and get into a car wreck or get in a plane and it decide to quit running and get in a boat and it decides to sink with shark-infested waters. <laughs> Become human bait for the fish. I don't think about those things. None of us think about those things. When I get in a boat, I think about going fishing and catching some fish. When I get in a plane, I think about what, who's going to meet me on the other side when I get to my destination. Who's going to, and who I'm going to see and, and family and being happy about all that. Or getting in the car in the morning and going to work and coming home and stopping by Dairy Queen and, or something of that nature. I'm looking for it to get me from point A to point B with no problem. Right? Yes. That's what we do. But see, death seems to await them in every illness. They get a call, oh, I'm going to die. There are people who are constantly, continually expecting destruction. But we, as the body of Christ, should be continually <clears throat> expecting victory every single day in our life. We should be looking forward with joy and complete happiness that we're now being able to serve the Lord another day of our life with the joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. But as I know, I've seen it even in this church sometimes. Boy, I'm not happy today. I had a terrible night's sleep. Jesus doesn't love me anymore. Jesus has never stopped loving you. Jesus has never stopped loving you. Jesus has never turned his back on you. He's continually wanted to bring you all the joys and the desires of your heart. Let me try that again. <laughs> yes. Jesus has brought you all the desires of your all the things that you long for, He brings to you. Look at Kevin with a beautiful yes. smile back there. <laughs> it's awesome. That's what we should have, church. We should have smiles on our faces every day. Why? Because He loves us. Mm -hmm. Jesus yes. loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. You know what? We should love that song. Yes. I used to love the song, Jesus Loves the Little Children. 
All yeah. the children of the world, yeah. All the children of the world. Red, yellow, black, and white. He loves us all. Yes. yes. Why is that? Because he gave his life for all. Right. Not just a few people. Not just those who decide they might want to be Christians, but he gave his life for all people. You see, we can be saved and ready for death and eternity. See, people fear eternity because they don't know what eternity means. They don't understand how long that is and what is going to happen there. Am I going to get bored? Let me just tell you this. You won't be bored. I'm telling you. You won't be bored. You'll be seeing Jesus and God every day. You'll be bowing at their feet. You'll be worshiping them. You won't have any greater joy than you'll have with that. Yes. You won't have a greater experience than that. And guess what? You won't have to worry about dying again. Right. You won't have to worry about those old creakly bones when you get up in the morning. I don't have to worry about Virginia looking at my knees or my legs. And where'd that bruise come from? Bruise on my side. Where'd that bruise come from? There won't be any of those. I'll have a glorified body. Yes. <laughs> I deleted a picture off my phone. I should have saved it for you. I try to talk to my sister every day. And I sent her a picture yesterday morning when I got up. Before I took a shower, I put my glasses on. I looked at her. Ah! It was scary. <laughs> my hair was straight up. I, I'd never seen it that way before. All of it was straight up. So I put my glasses on, and I put a big smile on my face, and I took a picture of myself. And I sent it to her, and I said, good morning. <laughs> she called me back, and she said, what was that? <laughs> I said, that was your brother, happy in the morning. She said, was Virginia awake? And I said, no. She said, good thing. <laughs> that might have been a bit much. You see, church, we don't have to tremble about the hereafter. Some continually fear upon the undependable. But I'm telling you this morning. Some fear that they aren't ready to get saved. Some fear that they aren't saved. And if you aren't and you have that fear about whether you're saved or not, it's time to get that fear out. That's right. It's time to ask Jesus. It's time to, to get serious and ask Christ into your heart and your life. It's time to get serious because time is running out. Yes. yes. Those of you who are watching, time is running out and you have to get ready. <coughs> We have no promise of tomorrow. No. Let me give you a little shorter version. You have no promise of the next 10 minutes. Right. Five minutes. <laughs> Jesus can show up any time. And if you're not ready, if you've not repented of your sins, you've not asked Jesus into your heart, you aren't going. Long and short of things. I can't help you. Because once that happens, I can't help you. Nobody can help you. No. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Mm -hmm. 
People ask me from time to time, aren't you worried about, aren't you worried about getting sick? Aren't you worried about dying? No. To die is gain. Yep. I can't live in the fear of death. I can only live in the joy of the Lord and the victory that he gives me. So what does it say here? Cast all your cares upon him. How many this morning want to cast your cares upon him? Amen. I want to cast every day. I want to cast all my cares upon him. I don't want to keep a few in my back pocket for the next day. I want them all gone that day. Perfect peace, church, perfect peace can be yours. I want to read you an epitaph from a tombstone, from a gravestone. Here lies a man who lived to age, yet still from death was flying. Who, though sick, was never well and died from the fear of dying. <laughs> Ridiculous. Who yeah. died from the fear of dying. There's no fear in death. No. Because what's beyond this life is far greater than anything we can be experiencing right now. I've had many people try to convince me that we're living in heaven right now. <laughs> I, I wanna, I'm being honest with you. People say, this is heaven on earth. <laughs> and you know what I have to remind them? That there's no sin in heaven. There's no sinners in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. There's no crying in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. You see, this can't be heaven. Because according to the word of God, it doesn't exist there. But it exists here. So I have to remind them, they're far from heaven. And whoever told them that lie, they needed to go back to them and call them a liar. I said, because you know what that means? All liars have their place in the lake of fire. Church, this is not heaven. No. We're only passing through. Right. This is just a trivial stomping ground, so to speak, mm -hmm. until we get into the face and in the light of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. And I'm so, so looking forward to that. Jesus wouldn't want anything this corrupt in heaven. No need for it there. See, you only have one president there. You only have one God there. You see, God is going to be the ruler overall. No elections. Nobody tell you who to vote for. <laughs> Nobody tell you who the best person is. One. The Lord God. He is going to be the ruler of all. 
that should give you a great sense of relief, a great sense of peace. And when you get there, guess what? You'll never be evicted. No. Your bank account won't run short. And the food will be plenteous. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, come on, where's the smile at? There we go. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that this morning we can come to you. Lord, you can speak to us this morning. Lord, we have nothing to be afraid of. Because, Lord, you have laid all things out before us today. And, Lord, I know this morning that there are many living in fear. But, Lord, I pray that you will use this body of believers this morning to help bring a sense of peace into their lives. Yes, Jesus. By leading them to the cross. By demonstrating to them that Jesus is in them and they can have what, what you have. Lord, let these people give the world Jesus. Give us the boldness to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us move forward in victory today. Lord, let us let the world know that they can cast all their cares upon you because you care for them. Lord, let us never carry another burden. Let us never carry another worry. But let us learn to trust in you. And let you take care of those things. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen.